Welcome back to Rising Moon's server podcast, episode four. The guest stars for today are Snowflake and Young Nicole. Hello, you two. (laughs) Our topic for today will cover aspects uh, around Polly. Before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um... About our us or about who we are as human animals? As human animals. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Nicole, young Nicole. Um, I'm 29. I work in the film and television industry in post. Um, I'm living in Oakland right now. Um, with my lover. <laughs> I like saying lover. I say lover because it makes people very uncomfortable. Right. Especially- it out like that. <laughs> Do you look at look at him straight in the eyes like that too when you say it every time? Oh my Lavelle! Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, we've been together almost four years. Oh, four congratulations! Years. Yeah, four years in February. Ooh, wow, it's coming up. Well, yeah, yeah it is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, hey everyone. I'm Snowflake. I'm thirty. I uh, grew up in New York, moved to Oakland two years ago, um, and I work uh, at a startup. I work in ops startup, and uh, I actually moved out here for work um, shortly before the pandemic. Um, and then turns out I didn't I didn't even need to move, right, because everyone started working remote. So I could have just been in New York the whole time. But yeah. now I'm here, here living with young Nicole and... Um, yeah, uh, excited to be on the podcast today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have you both. Again, you know, thanks for joining today for the podcast. What's the story on how you two met? Um, so I had like just moved to New York um, from where I was living before, and I hadn't been to any kink parties before. I dated very vanilla people who refused to top me because that was too mean. And so, like, I was like, okay, I'm finally here. There's finally going to be sex parties. I'm not living with my folks, so I can finally do this. And then first weekend, I go to my like first one, and there he is. And it was, I don't know, it was very just like, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you. <laughs> you just locked the eyes across the room? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so at the time I was also, um, you know, I wasn't looking for anything in particular. Like I was, um, three months out of a long-term relationship and I was kind of just slutting around, you know, like as one does. Um, and, um, yeah. you know, I made, had my eyes on young Nicole. Just like caught my eye. Uh, we flirted the first, uh, night there, uh, at that party, but we didn't get to play. Uh, you know, it was one of those dungeon parties with like, a lot of people playing around, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, dungeon equipment everywhere. But I gave you my um, FetLife business card. I carried, I used to carry these around a lot more than I do now, but I have printed these like, you know, business cards, personal business cards, just with my FetLife name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hand out people when I meet and I want them to connect with me. And I used it as a bookmark for my Murakami book, which is... Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, then we got to play the Twin Peaks themed party, though. We we played at Future Party, so we stayed connected. And then our our first date was Valentine's Day. 
Mm-hmm. We were going to make it ironic. It was going to be, oh, this isn't an actual romantic Valentine's Day. We're just fucking. Um, but we weren't just fucking, were we? No. 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 It's our anniversary now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's interesting. I never really thought about creating like a personal card for like your FetLife handle and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Does that work out? Like, how efficient is that to have? Um, well, you know, I, I originally I printed those um, for a very specific purpose, and that's why I have so many. I printed like five hundred mm-hmm. um, back when I was living in Hong Kong, and I was um, helping organize the Asia King Con back then. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be an event organizer. I'm gonna like make these copies, and I'm gonna hand them out to people. Um, and then I moved back to New York, and it turns out that having a few of these in my wallet is like super clutch. Like I would go to events. And people would want to connect with me or somebody cute I was flirting with or, you know, played with. Um, right. And like if you're at the stage that I think this is like pretty normal in the kink um, culture, which is if you're at the stage where you want to connect with somebody that you just met, maybe at a, at a play party or maybe, you know, at a kinky speed dating or whatever. But you're not at the level of comfort where you want to give out your phone number. Right. But you want to stay connected or even like your vanilla Facebook. Right. And then so you just you give each other the your your you connect up fet life. And people misspell fet life names all the time. So like you never know, like you write something down, they can't read your handwriting. I've gotten like notes written for me, right? On pieces of paper, and like I go home, I type it in, and it's like I nothing comes up. <laughs> um, like, they misspelled it or they just were trying to throw me for a loop. So yeah. to avoid that, you know, I just started get, handing out my my uh, card and it has my name printed on it and everyone can look it up and if they want to connect with me, they can do that. And it is a great bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. Point taken. That quality card stock. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that expensive to actually, you know, buy these uh, personal like business cards or stuff like that, right? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hella fidgety. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, do you see any other people doing that, or not really, with the with the personal cards? You know, a few weeks ago, I did go to a kinky speed dating event, and there was this one woman who had her own uh, cards, and I was like, you know, game, game, recognized game. Yeah, yeah, but they were not as high quality. Oh, they were. Were they just like? Stuff. Were they just like flimsy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like they were like printed on Xerox paper and like you know hand scissors, but like on the right track. You know, didn't want to drop money on some professional cards. I I totally respect that. Yeah. Did you give her your card so that way she can feel the the presence of like, a better <laughs> card? No. So that day I didn't bring my cards. Oh. I should have. I didn't bring my cards. Although I would have just spent it on her that way. <laughs> you should have. Yeah, you should have, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, so uh, that's a great story. That's pretty amazing on how you two met. So if you can, like, briefly, or as, as, as long as you want, take me through the journey that you two have made throughout the almost four years for you two. I mean, we've been poly and kinky from the start. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how the, our relationship was founded. Okay. Like, I mean, on that, like, Valentine's Day date, you put, like, a remote-controlled vibe in me while we were ice skating <laughs> and controlled that. And Yep. That must have been fun. It, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many times do you fall? 
Uh, not as much as you'd think. I've I've done a lot of ice skating. Oh. Um, you were a bit clumsier, I think. Yeah. I think you were a little. I don't. I don't know. All I remember is I did. I I, I held your your tanky at one point. Yes. And then. That was the filthiest moment. Yeah, of the that entire was, day. Yeah. Held, held my pinky. I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a real PDLG shit right there. <laughs> you know what I just thought of? You know, there should be a Olympic vibe games. You know, oh, that's <laughs> oh my oh, god, dear. oh dear, wow. I mean, if we do like that kind of Olympics, I was also thinking of Age Play Fight Club, but just like <laughs> just pillows. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. All right, I, I, I take some bitches down. Um, yes, in like a garage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feathers flying everywhere. <laughs> it's all rainbows, though. You know, different yeah. colors, right? It can't just be the white colors, right? It's got to be different oh, colors. Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we've sort of been building our dynamic. Us, you collared me after a year. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I mean, we're we're still in a collared, like, master, slave, owner, owned. I tend to layer a bunch of dynamics on top of each other. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a lot. Yeah. I just, I'm also, I guess as, like, a quick note, I'm very ADD, and so talking to me is a little like listening to freeform jazz. I will go on tangents. I swear to God, I'm not a ditz. This why I don't know why God made me do this. He just, just this happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for our at least for the kink dynamic, right? Like it was, it just felt um very natural to us. Like we just kind of like eased into it, like pretty much from the start. That's like, really that's really important, right? Yeah, it really is. I think it's just a sign of like good chemistry, right? Like I remember in one of our. I said the first or second date where we um I put you on the floor. Uh I made you food, I made you dinner, I put you on the floor uh with the we made a plate full of food and uh made you eat um, at my feet. And I was um not happy with how careful you were being with the food because you were making very little mess. And I was like, that's that's not right. That's not that's not the point of this exercise. If you're really you said that I grabbed your you by the hair and like rubbed your face into the food mm-hmm. to like drive the point home and then that's up oh, now now you're blushing. <laughs> it was a very early like scene that we did that like pretty much set the tone for the dynamic, yeah. right? It just felt right. Yeah, I mean you you like you flog me a lot, you like you caned me and it's been very uncomfortable. Um <laughs> Like you, you, you're trading my ass. You're, you know, why I'm very shy. All of a sudden, I guess. <laughs> so you said uh, right. it took it took a year to call her, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it it would feel weird to like be collared earlier than that because then it's like what? Because you know, it's a big step. You're owned by someone. Why would you do that to like? the first dude who like says hey slut in your dms mm-hmm. and like i think maybe if you're a horny like 20 year old like right out of college and you're like i give me that that's some shit you might do but like no i was 
like when we met, I was like, no, I, I like I actually said I wanted I don't want to rush this because I like you too much. Like I, I like I I was real scared to like say I love you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was like a year was us like really holding out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you wanted to call on me like when? Uh, probably like a few months in, but I also like you know. There's a difference between wanting and knowing that it's a good idea, right? Because, like, you know, my, I, I don't choose my desires, uh, but I can choose what I do with them. And mm-hmm. um, it is, like, a lot of responsibility. Like, calling someone's a huge responsibility. I was, like, not sure that I wanted to, like, declare that I own you um, right. early on. Um, but then, you know, after after a while, I felt like, you know, this was getting somewhere and that, seems like this is going to be a long-term thing and i it just felt right yeah so what responsibilities would you say comes with you know coloring like making that making that decision to actually do it together yeah um so you know when when you own someone you just are so responsible for their their um overall well-being right like you know you are basically saying that like they they give you all the power to basically just make make decisions uh, whether they're like casual things right um day-to-day things um or you know sexy things or or you know um role play things but you're 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 basically receiving all of this um decision making ability to like make the call for like the two of us right uh Mm -hmm. and like sometimes I have I struggle making decisions just for myself, right? How am I going to make a decision for myself and for somebody else? You know, as a unit, like together, right? Uh, and so it is a it, it is a big uh, responsibility. I think a lot of um, people, a lot of like you know uh, people who are starting out being doms, like they don't realize that, right? They just they only see the sexy mm-hmm. aspect. They see the porny aspect of it, and they think that it you know you know uh, being an owner is just like getting to you know fuck whoever whenever you want right and mm. you know whatever you want with your submissive but there's a lot of emotional responsibility i just feel very um i i feel like i have to um you know be uh a, a very uh, sort of nurturing right um mm-hmm. of your like needs and your um you know your 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 wants or needs um i feel like i have to take care of you because i break you down so much right like mm-hmm. um because the ds seeps into outside the bedroom right it's not just like these kind of like carefully contained uh scenes right and then mm-hmm. scene after care boom done right like when you have like an ongoing ownership dynamic where every day there can be little reminders of that power dynamic then really the aftercare is kind of continuous right it's kind of like throughout throughout the week throughout the month right so Mm -hmm. that's a lot of responsibility yeah i mean i think that is the big difference between like just like weekend warrior versus 24 7 yeah like Mm -hmm. the lines do blur and i think also because we are polyamorous as well as being in a ds dynamic it means that like like, like, because those lines blur, it also means you, like, I mean, I think already if you are an owner, Oni, there's a lot of communication that has to happen about, like, what feels comfortable for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then add Polly on top of that, and it's a lot of, 
like you have to be really emotionally mature and you really have to like be in touch with what you want or if you're not and if you can't figure out why something's bothering you you have to like kind of sit with that it's it's a lot but like i mean i think it like honestly has made me a much better communicator and i mean i and i feel like you're an amazing communicator (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah communication is definitely key Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean just just for any for any relationship honestly but i feel like definitely for dominant submission and definitely for poly and just ratchets everything up yeah so how did you know poly was for you so i had been i'm gonna fidget hold up totally yeah i'm not taller than him i just have a long torso (laughs) Yeah, you can pretend to be. Yeah, taller. exactly. You can be taller on camera. That's I would know. Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, it just feels wrong. <laughs> so I had been in poly relationships where I was like the side dish and not the main course, and I had seen it not go well. But there was part of me that knew that it could go well if, like, like it could go right if it wasn't being done by like a bunch of college kids in a small town mm-hmm. where they don't where everyone's in each other's business and then when i met snowflake and snowflake talked about like being in poly like and like having so much experience in it i was like all right let me give it a shot with this guy with this guy and honestly it's been the best poly's ever felt for me because i feel a thousand percent respected mm-hmm. and like listened to like I think it feels it feels right because I feel respected and because like even though obviously I'm not his equal, I at least feel equal <laughs> in in that respect. Right. But still respect, right? There's still gotta yeah. be yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. how about you, Snowflake? Uh well, so I have been I have been poly for uh as long as I've been dating, uh, which is you know since since my first uh, college relationship, um, which was Kinky and Polly. So I, I guess I've, I've never really dated um, monogamously mm-hmm. in my life. Um, but in terms of how it felt right for me, I mean, I, I heard about it, right? I heard about I like read about it uh, on Tumblr, I guess, like in, in college, RIP Tumblr. Uh, right. I read it and then I, I heard about it, right? And um, I met my college girlfriend and she was already in another relationship as well so she was already poly uh and it just made sense right it was um you know it just felt like um yeah that that when 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 people talked about uh you know abundance being the main sort of um being being such an integral aspect of the poly um mindset right instead of coming from a position of scarcity right thinking about oh love is scarce no one will ever love me thank god i found the one person who loved me now i'm gonna lock you down forever like that kind of scarcity mindset transitioning from that to a more of an abundance mindset already aligned with like a lot of the values that i held right which is about like abundance for everyone right like material abundance uh for everyone right like people shouldn't be shouldn't be starved for food or housing or healthcare or anything like that so open borders exactly so so there's there's this i wish for there to be so much abundance for humans like on this planet already that when i heard that um 
that kind of mindset being mm-hmm. kind of uh, one of the most uh, one of the main pillars of um of, of being polyamorous i was like okay that makes sense to me and that's I, that's what i'm gonna be doing now mm-hmm. <laughs> i think what makes it good is that like our kink and our poly come from kind of like socialist values and socialist mindset mm-hmm. like i mean e- i mean even we get a little pretentious with our kink we get into a little political theory play <laughs> <laughs> Spice, spice things up i like it i like it yeah yeah but i mean i think like we tend to intellectualize it being like this like 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 let's like what you were saying about like abundance and about like and, and about kink sort of being about like playing with power roles and examining power roles but also like as theater to like enforce strong connections with the people that you do love yeah yeah I mean, there's it's it's some sappy ass shit, man. It's like <laughs> there anything. I'm wearing a fucking collar to signify my undying love, and I'll throw myself like at your feet oh, and beg. It's like that's it's so dramatic. It's right? some it's, yeah. like really can't be really dramatic. It's fucking like it's Fabio, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking like like a thirteen year old's idea of love. It just yeah, it's sap shit. Yeah. You have to be a sap to like cake, and you have to accept that part of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you do, right? Just yeah. accept it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what has been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome in your relationship? Hmm. I mean... I think living together is as a transition for like any relationship, and we started like living together. We started living together um, right when the pandemic started. Oh wow! Um, so, okay. So, like we've uh, never. Uh, first of all, I've never lived with anyone. I've never lived with a partner before. Neither wow. have I. Never lived with a partner before. So neither. But and then the first <laughs> time we're living together is like to deal with this pandemic. Right. Yeah. It's like, and I'm a super ADD person who comes from kind of a messy house. You're from an, a standard East Asian family with a very clean house. I mean, I consider myself messy. You see all the like <laughs> stuff back there. Like I, yeah. By my family standards, I am the messiest person. I right? once, I once tried to five second rule a piece of sushi in front of him, and she just. <laughs> You you almost slapped it out of my hand. Yeah, You're just like, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, where did it land? That's the real. That's the real question. It's just on like it's on tile. It wasn't like on carpet. Uh, I I actually do that sometimes with food. Not gonna not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds gross, but I you're like, all right. It depends on where it lands. I think the fact that it was sushi was a lot for you. <laughs> yeah. That, it's already raw. Like, come yeah. on. You're already playing with fire there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned that you two moved in immediately. Well, like, moved in during the pan- the start of the pandemic. So yeah. you two literally lived together, like, 24-7 next to each other. Yeah. Um, how was that dynamic? Well, we have separate rooms. One room is my office that, like, I work in. We sleep in the same bed. Right. Um, but, like, we we have time to ourselves, and we, like, leave each other alone. 
Because I think if we had one bedroom, shit would not be good. <laughs> yeah, we live in a three-bedroom apartment. Oh, that's nice. We each have a bedroom, and then we also have a roommate. Oh, okay. Right? So we'll, we will sleep together in my um, queen bed, but like... For work days, like, we won't bug each other too much, but, like, I'll make him lunch and bring it in, yeah. and, like, do we have to, should we be just really gross? Um, be as gross as you like. Yeah, go for it. Sometimes he comes in and gives me a kiss delivery. Yeah. <laughs> a kiss delivery. Disgusting. We're fucking disgusting. <laughs> it is. I think it's really important that we have like kind of our own spaces, right? Mm-hmm. And and then we can be kind of guests in each other's spaces. And then there's also kind of the common area with like the kitchen and the living room. Yeah. And that way, it, we don't drive each other insane. I mean, you read like Virginia Woolf uh, has the essay "A Room of One's Own," written mm-hmm. back in, like the way back. Back in the early 1900s, talking about how women need their own rooms to write their novels and stuff. And I think that also should be just good relationship advice. Like, partners should get a room of their own because yeah. that's the room where your personality can take shape, where you're not compromising on anything. Mm-hmm. Like, in his room, he doesn't compromise on anything. He doesn't compromise on, like, how clean he wants it, how he wants it decorated. And then I don't have to compromise on my room. So it's like, you just need a home base where, like, you can be you completely and not, like, dissolve into a partnership. Yeah. I do see that quite often to where it's the opposite, where I see a lot of, you know, couples or people that are engaged or married that have their whole setup in the same room. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is an economic logic to that, right? A lot right. of people... They partner up and they live together because they're like, oh, we only have to pay for one bedroom, right? right? And, you know, unfortunately, housing is so expensive these days that that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. If we lived in abundance, it would be great if everyone had their own. Yeah. yeah. Or even a shed. Like a sh- <laughs> like, <laughs> Go to your shed. Yeah, a tent. Like a tent in the backyard. Just the... I don't know, maybe... What if I... What if I got my own little tent and put it on the roof? <laughs> would you would you put would you put your office in a tent? You know, that's not the worst idea. There's some hippie in your blood. I think you would be into it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think. You're kind of a hippie, so uh, there we go. Okay, okay. Nice. So any advice for those that aren't sure if Polly is for them? Well, I think like we do a very specific kind of poly because it it, inter- it interacts with our kink dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is that? Because, so since um we're in a like a owner oni master slave thing, um, like the way it the, because he owns me, the way it is is that like I can play with whatever submissives and whatever um like vanilla people I want to without asking him. But if I want to play with another dominant, I got to, like, get his approval. And, like, if and the dominant, like, should develop kind of a friendly relationship with Snowflake. Like, it doesn't have to be forced or anything. Just like a, hey, I know you're you're the boss. Mind if I rent, rent out your lady? No problem. Handshake. Handshake. I'm acting this all out. Pantomime. I like it. I like it. Yeah. 
And I think maybe the lesson to take from that for people who are not necessarily into like that hardcore DS is like, you can tailor polydynamics to match what you need. Like there, there's definitely like the more, um, not like we're like, what there's like, there's poly where like everyone's like pretty much equal. Um, there's poly where like, uh, there's where you're in like a thruple or if you're in like a V mm -hmm. where like one person's dating two people. Right. Um, you can do don't ask, don't tell where like other people, like, like you guys just like have sex with other people and you have some baseline rules, but you don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's an option. Some people do. Um, I, think that, I, think, I think that one's one of the most like sketchy. Like, I don't like Yeah, I would not engage in that, but you yeah. know, it works for some people. I'm not going to wrap it if it works for right. some people. Yeah, if it's, yeah, it just, it feels, I just want to make sure that no one's lying to me when they say they're poly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trust but verify. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to, like, if I'm going to hook up with someone new and they have a partner, I want to be able to hit the partner, like, hey, y'all are actually, you're cool with this. You're cool with this? Okay, good. We're cool. Do you have anything else you want to add, babe? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, what the what I would like to say to people who are not sure if they're into non-monogamy. Let's just use the broader umbrella term because there's like a lot of mm -hmm. right, right. That's not necessarily uh, specifically polyamory, right? You could be in an open relationship. You could be a swinger, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess what I would say is that how do they know? I'm gonna flip the question back to them. How do they know that, that monogamy is for them, right? Like monogamy is a totally valid choice for many people, but it should be a choice, right? It should be a conscious it's decision and people should be doing monogamy with intention rather than that just being like the default, like checkbox, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it, and you don't have, it's not, you know, they don't have to figure it out right away. People are on their journeys, right? Sometimes people go through, you know, certain explorations and then decide yep monogamy actually turns out monogamy is the thing that i want for the rest of my life and then right. they go or or not so you know i think it's fine to be um not sure for a while and it's fine to explore and, and try yeah. to discover yourself but also just be aware that like the societal default choice should be done should be chosen with strong intention yeah and i mean if you do poly you need to do it for yourself um don't do it because you think it's going to like save a relationship with someone. If yeah. you're if you're not <laughs> the, the, co the common mistake, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do that. Uh, don't do poly and then hook up with people to punish the partner because I've seen that. Ooh. Please don't don't use like <laughs> no no don't one. don't like oh my god just. Uh, maybe kids in college shouldn't do poly until you like <laughs> put an age limit on it, you know? Yeah, honestly, maybe like before the age or of Or a minimum. Yeah, this sounds more like a maturity thing. That's I just, I've seen like just... I've seen some shit, man. I've seen people like in my dorm room crying hysterically because <laughs> XYZ so happened, right? Yeah, I'm just staring into the just save it pride private ryan moment just <laughs> well you you also went to like really hippie school where like everybody was like trying to do all this like oh like radical shit but they're like their frontal lobes haven't developed right so they, <laughs> yeah. they can't make good decisions. 
Or it's like, let's dumpster dive behind the Dunkin' Donuts and get all these free bagels. They're not throwing them out. Now I have all these bagels I can't eat. <laughs> That's too funny. Don't do the poly equivalent of dumpster diving too many bagels. <laughs> <laughs> too many bagels. That's a great analogy. analogy. Yeah. What are some common misconceptions about poly uh, relationships? Common misconceptions. Um, I I think there is there's a tendency for people who are like not not in the know, right, to um, kind of assume that it's all about sex, mm-hmm. and that like mostly uh, polyamorous people are poly because they're slutty. A true, I am. A no, yeah, no. but that's not <laughs> that's not like all of it, right? Um, right. You know, there are slutty people who are swingers, right? And you know, they go to swing clubs and they, you know, hook up with with other partners, uh, other couples, right? They do partner swapping or whatever, and like that's not polyamory. No, um, it's not. but it's still slutty, right? Yeah. Or you could be a serial monogamous and just you know sleep around, like that's totally fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I think for um the, the one of the biggest motivations for a lot of people um to do polyamory is this idea that you you can you know get your needs and sourced from multiple sources right you can get you can have you know a, a lot of different types of people in your life who all bring their unique you know value to your life and and are worthwhile to engage with and for as long or as short as it could be right as long as as long or as short as those relationships could last and um and just have a a diversity of experience and a diversity of uh and an abundance of um love and that's really what is the that's really the purpose right of right uh, not limiting yourself to just monogamy um so no it is not <laughs> just about sleeping around just about yeah. having sex Although we do do that. We do do that. Right? <laughs> it's yeah, in human nature, I, right? Yeah. I've also heard from, like, I think one of my friends who is the most heterosexual man I've ever met in my life, <laughs> who is like, man, you know, I always thought that, like, one partner is, like, less into it than the other partner, or, like, one partner's been talked into it by the other mm. partner. Well, I do hear that quite often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like... Again, that's when because of people who think this will save a relationship. Yeah. And that's why I'm telling y'all, it's not gonna do that. Don't don't do like break up with each other. It's gonna be fine. Like do yeah. poly on your own, but my god. Well, there is also a less of a chance. I think that kind of like one person is more into it than the other is like mm-hmm. happen, would happen in a situation where you don't start dating polyamorous right. that isn't like the premise right yeah like, get going and then like one person wants to open up and the other person's reluctant that's how you get yourself in that situation but yeah. if you're like if you are polyamorous and you're seeking partners just within the polyamorous community you know you already got that box checked off yeah. so and so worry about it. you don't encounter i think like it's you don't encounter a lot of those in the poly scene i think you encounter those like on the edges of the poly scene yeah, people trying to get in and the scene and that's what starting out and so that's what quote-unquote normies are most familiar with because it's most accessible to them mm-hmm. it's like why 50 shades of gray is you know that's a movie that is- <laughs> poor dakota johnson man <laughs> don't want to talk about it <laughs> she deserved better 
Now, what about uh, a situation to where, let's say you are, there's two people in a monogamous relationship, but one of the parties midway through their relationship decide or believes that Polly is actually, you know, actually for them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen I'm, that situation? I'm stretching, so but keep answering. <laughs> <laughs> All good. We're going to see your back. <laughs> yep, Arkin. The curves. Yeah, so, yeah, pop that in. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> we're distracted. Um, yeah, we're distracted. <laughs> distracted. I wonder why. Um, so, let's say in a situation to where there's a couple that is in a monogamous relationship. Oh, yeah. Right? But let's say halfway through... Th- or any part of the relationship, one of the parties figures out or finds out that, you know, Polly might actually be for them. Yeah. I I think this is, um, unfortunately, this is a, a case that does happen, right? And it's difficult, right? Because it's a major compatibility issue. It's a major compatibility issue on the same scale as if, you know, you, you, you start dating someone and then, you know, at some point you figure out that your libidos don't match. And like for one person, sex is really important for them. And for the other person, sex is not that important for them. And, they're, and you know, maybe they don't have as much of a sex drive. And it's like, you know, and then it becomes a compatibility issue. And so it, it's really important in that situation for the couple to discuss, like, how how important is this for each person? Like there are, this is what is called monopoly relationships. There, you know, there's this whole, uh, I guess, like sub community that's sprung up. I've seen online to like support this kind of situation where uh, one partner is monogamously minded, another is polyamorously minded. How do you deal with that? And so there's a lot of um. There's a Reddit, I think. Um, there's a subreddit about this. Probably um, several Facebook groups about this, um, where people offer advice. Um, but the gist of it is sometimes it works out that this is not a relationship you need to be staying in. Sometimes it, you, you should be breaking up. That is the conclusion sometimes. But other times you can make it work and you just got to have a lot of like difficult uh, conversations about, um, you know, what each person's needs are and how to make them feel, uh, you know, desired and valued um, within the context of the poly person going out and seeking other partners. And the mon- monogamous person, maybe they just don't have the appetite for uh, seeking other partners. Right. Um, I will say that it is tends to be a little more difficult. This kind of um, conflict is a little more difficult to navigate if w- when the, the monogamous person say, says they're monogamous, it could mean two things. It could mean they're not interested in going out to see other people, mm-hmm. which that's a little bit more manageable because then as long as that person's needs are being met by their part, their polyamorous partner, mm-hmm. you know, th- there shouldn't be that much of a conflict with the polyamorous partner going out and seeing other people, right? Right. But sometimes when people say I'm monogamous, what that means is I'm I want my partner to be monogamous with me. I can't stand the idea of my partner going to see other people. And th- in that case, if it's really important for the polyamorous person to go see other people, then I don't see how that relationship is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see that either. What would you say is the fine line to when you should just break it off? Um, 
in a, in a monopoly situation specifically? Yes. If they just can't find a solution that works for both of them. Yeah. Like, how long is too long? Um, I mean, <laughs> I think if it feels more bad than it does good, if it's just like, if you feel like you're giving up too much of yourself to please the other person, if it feels like like you're betraying something deep inside yourself, Mm-hmm. Like this goes for either party, you know. Right. If this feels like yeah. you're betraying yourself to keep this idea of a person that you love happy, but they're still not happy because they know you have this desire, you know, it's just yeah. I mean, it's generally right. Like it's better to be single than it is to be in a bad relationship but a lot of people don't know that because they're people are not good at being single right, right? They, they have you know um a, a lot of needs that they they don't know how to have those needs emotional needs being met by themselves through self-care or with their friends or or you know with their therapist or whatever right um and so they they seek that out they feel like being single being you know not in a relationship is like the worst thing in the world and that fear keeps people in relationships that are hurtful to them yeah if you're not good at being single you're not going to be good at being poly like that's um, that's how it's going to work you gotta be the one to find the one (laughs) exactly have you have you dealt with an individual that's monogamous but you're poly right like let's say you're uh, talking to each other, um, and one is telling you that they're mono- they're monogamous, but you're poly. How how have you dealt with that situation? Do you mean in like a prospective dating situation, like a Correct. meeting? Somebody? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in that it generally, when someone tells me that they're monogamous, it's just they completely trans take them off of my possibly pursuing list right like i just i'm not interested in um in doing that maybe when i was younger mm-hmm. i i would have been more interested in maybe you know seeing if there's a possibility to turn them right like that's right you know, my ego oh i can play this like missionary role and just like turn them and you know yeah. maybe missionary roles don't work it doesn't they don't. It's a lot of work it's a lot of work and you know it's i don't want to be someone's first mm-hmm. right um I'm sure uh, the queers know what I'm talking about here. You don't want to, you don't want to be someone's first. You don't want to be there. Like it's, it's a lot of work on you. And um, right now, it's just like if I, someone says they're monogamous, cool, we can be friends. Like, <laughs> uh, great, good for you. I'm not gonna be flirting with you. And that's why it's important for me to be upfront, right? Because I don't want to be wasting time with somebody. Uh, you know, going on dates with somebody and then like three, three dates in, four dates in, discover they're monogamous. I've already invested all of this like you yeah. know emotional energy into um into you know pursuing that mm-hmm. oh this is much Do you have you encountered any monogamous people in your like no okay no okay. i i think maybe because i make a very distinct divide between friends i have sex with and friends i do not have sex with mm-hmm. and so i go into like completely different pools for the friends i don't have sex with and those are where all the mono people are. So I'm not trying to fuck them. So like 
like oh, I, I I just make sure I just kind of like cut that off at the at the at the base, you know. Mm-hmm. I try to like just prevent that from happening in general. Yeah. So what are the boundaries for this kind of relationship? Yeah, that's a good question because um, I just thought of another misconception that people have about polyamorous people, which is that, uh, you know, poly people can't cheat, right? Because we can just sleep around, right? So that's like mm-hmm. the solution. So it's like, that's not true because actually in polyamory, you can cheat. Uh, there is cheating in polyamory if you are violating, um, you know, certain covenants, uh, agreements, understandings, right, that you have with your partner, if you're um, violating trust, right, with your partner. And so one thing that I can think of off the top of my head right now that would be what we would consider cheating is if um, either of us, right, um, starts like dating someone or, you know, pursuing someone, right, starts engaging in this kind of like a, a, you know, a romantic or sexual pursuit with someone under false pretenses, under the pretense that either of us didn't exist. So if I were to go and like go on dates with someone and they didn't know that young Nicole existed or they didn't know that I was in a serious relationship, I, I misrepresented it, right, then that would be considered cheating. If young Nicole goes out and like, you know, plays with someone or goes dating with someone and, um, and misrepresents the fact that she has an owner, right? Mm -hmm. That would be. Yeah. Now, young, young Nicole, how would, how would that make you feel? Especially, let's say, for example, in theory, or I mean, not in theory, but since you're college, right? Um, How would that make you feel? If he lied about me existing, mm-hmm. that's not good. Really bad. Um, I wouldn't like that um, because I think I've been on the other side of that, where it's like, where like I've not been allowed in, like to hang out with partners in their houses, and that's, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm. why is that? And I mean, also like that would just be like, like keeping a partner secret. Yeah. is weird because like really ideally we would have kitchen table poly where everyone's like oh hey what's up how are you doing like we're all all friends like ideally we'd all be like friends like if not like we don't have to actively like fuck each other but just buddies right. and so the fact that like you don't even want like that person to know me mm-hmm. yeah how would that affect you especially since you've been college not uh I mean, that would, that's just a lot of sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Snowflake, how do you think that would affect in your perspective, too? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think um, it would make me feel like insignificant, right? Insignificant and not valued and not important in, in my partner's life. Um, Right, because you know, if if I were uh, an important aspect of their life, then you know, young Nicole would be like telling everybody about me, right? Like that's, and I tell everybody about young Nicole. So yeah, you, you know, the fact that is, you know, it's being hidden uh, would me make me feel like, oh, like you, I guess you don't even consider this to be a major part of your life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it would it would hurt. It would feel like um, downplaying the downplaying the, the the significance or the seriousness that I feel about the relationship. Yeah. It'd now, be like you're ashamed of me or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's not a good feeling. No. Now now cheating in, in like poly, that that still kind of surrounds the same as standard monogamy, right? As their cheating is very similar to the way of cheating in poly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's about trust. It's about, you know, respecting uh, mutual agreements and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if we had an agreement where we can only watch a specific show with each other and I watched it with somebody else, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially being together for a while, right? You know? There so- are some that we watch together, and I would not, I, I mean, we didn't make an explicit rule that we can't watch them with anybody else, but I would feel hella guilty if oh, I watched oh. <laughs> watch those shows with other people. Yeah. I would, we would at least have a conversation. I would ask you, be like, hey, it is okay if we watch Mindhunter if I watch someone else. <laughs> <laughs> is that the current show? Is that what it is going on right now? That, that is the current show. What shows have you done that? Like, would you have wanted to watch? Do I feel that about? Yeah. Mindhunter, Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman? Yeah. I've seen a few of that. That's funny. You want to watch Bojack or something? No, I meant if I these are the shows that I would feel guilty, or at least I would have to ask you, like okay. if I wanted to watch it with somebody else because it's kind of like our shows. Yeah, nice. Right, uh, Attack on Titan. Back when we didn't finish it yet, catching <laughs> it. Yeah, if you watch Twin Peaks without me, I would be. Oh yeah, Twin Peaks. That's another one. David Lynch, Twin Peaks. <laughs> you can't do that, buddy. Yeah. So there, you know, like there are ways to there. You can still cheat. Like you just got to talk about, you know. Uh, whether or not something's okay with your partner, make sure that all the rules are, all the understandings are mutual. I'll, I, re- I'll release my own version of Lemonade about you watching. <laughs> yeah, if I watch Twin Peaks season three on my own or with someone else, there would be hell raised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Snowflake, you mentioned about having you know rules within these, right? How many rules would you say that you two have in your relationship? Hmm. I think um I think uh, we don't have any super hard rules. I mean, I the the not acknowledging each other being bad, like that's must acknowledge each other uh, with new partners. That's probably the only like hard and fast rule. Um but we have some like DS rules around that. Uh with poly, with the poly stuff, I mean, we just talk about it, right? Like yeah. it's, we kind of don't really need rules so much as um just kind of the intuition to um communicate and discuss when new situations come up because i i find that the um the real trap with rules is that you could have like a you know 10 commandments right all clearly written out and then people can like follow the letter but not the spirit Mm -hmm. right and you don't want to be i'm not in the business of like being playing lawyer with my partner right yeah you missed the comic here. I read the sentence like this, or like, you know, that's not what I'm mean. like. I don't want to have to get into that, right? It's mm-hmm. it's about understanding where each other comes from and understanding like what our needs are, and and then being able to have that intuition about this is something we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we do have a few like kink rules, and but that's more for fun, right? That's yeah. just, right. 
That's right. for sex. <laughs> yes, exactly. Would that be a turnoff if you like young, young Nicole? Would that be a turnoff if you, um, if you like if someone approached you with a list, like a laundry list of rules? Like on a first date, that would be insane. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, have, like you, have you ever have you ever uh, been approached that way? I feel like that happens like with new doms or doms that aren't good at what they do, mm-hmm. where they'll just be like, "Hello, slut! You will address me as sir. I will give you. You must do this." You gotta put the vivid to bed. You don't talk to anyone. It's like, sir, I don't know you, my man. Those are rules you have to come up together with. Yeah. Like, we came up with our sex rules, like, together and, like, talked about them. Like, what was, like, appealing, what wasn't appealing. Um, mm-hmm. That's not shit you can come with pre, like, preformed and try to mold a person or a submissive to them. Because that's what you're right. that's what you're saying to me when you do that is I don't care about any of your actual interests. I just want you to fit like what I've been jerking off to. Right. As opposed to like finding a new thing to jerk off to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're encountering multiple people, right, in Polly, how do you bring up your your rules to your your relationship? Yeah, you want to take this one? Because I believe that's very important. I mean, this podcast is probably very helpful uh, in case there are any people that didn't know about us. <laughs> <laughs> any viewers watching? Yeah. Right? Anyone? Um, like, now you know how to approach either of us. Um, I mean, I... I... I've had to learn to do it in ways that are less clumsy. Because I think it's a little tricky to, per, to like explain because it's a little different from like, like other like other like typical poly ethos, and I think like there have been times where like people have gotten a little confused, and that's on me, because I sh- I didn't like explain it clearly enough. But now, how would you do it? What would be the your best practice now? Um. Hey, you're super hot. I would love to play with you. Um, but. Um, if you want to, like, command me and stuff, you should probably, like, I'm I'm owned by, by Snowflake, so you should probably, you know, get in touch with him, ask his permission, mm-hmm. but I'm showing my interest because he likes to see me with other, like, play with others. It is at his discretion. Just let him know, hey, I'm taking the toy out for the weekend. <laughs> Sign <laughs> off. Sign off. Yeah. The kind of relationship I want to have with my metamors um, is really like they're my buddies, and they're like, "Hey, let me borrow your thing," mm-hmm. and I'd be absolutely. Yeah. Your toy a- thing, your toy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> help yourself. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like the friendly vibe I want to cultivate with young Nicole's partners. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing I want too. It's it's hot, but also cute. Like I've had like before like where i've had doms write messages to each other on me oh really like little thank you notes like hey thanks for letting me use her and i you should yeah. write, you've never written any back though oh. yeah I should, I should do that yeah pass it along hey look like, making new ideas right yeah 
you could do tic-tac-toe on me or like hangman right so, yeah hangman hang that'll take a while that'll right. take a lot tic-tac-toe would that. be a lot a lot shorter right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what does it take for it to be a sex a successful relationship? A lot of talking. You have to talk about your feelings. You have to be in touch with your feelings. You have to really put yourself in the shoes of another person. It's a lot like I think people think that Polly's gonna be a lot of fun sex, and it is. But it's also going to be a lot of conversations where you both are exhausted from the amount of empathy you're having to like put forth, and like, and you can't act selfishly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be something you really want. Yeah, I I think the I, I think polyamory is is difficult. I mean, I'm not saying monogamy is not difficult. Right, and I think doing monogamy well also takes a lot of work, right? And mm-hmm. and people have to be mature, and they also have to they have to communicate, and they have to, you know, um, be in touch with their feelings and and everything. That all makes for a successful uh, monogamous relationship. Um, right. However, I think the difference is that there are a lot of um, unsuccessful monogamous relationships, or even partially successful uh, monogamous relationships. You know, that are not the best but there's a lot of uh, it's easy to is easy to mask uh a a like monogamous relationship that's not going so well right because of just so much like societal expectations and pressure right like outwardly it could look like a normal relationship and there just isn't anyone out there to like call you out on your bullshit there isn't like a you know comparison point where you know, this seems unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so people just get away with more stuff, I think, in, in monogamy. Right. Uh, a lot of un, un, unhealthy and toxic stuff just go under the radar. And that's just not the case with, with polyamory because you're just, like, on blast, like, the entire time, right? <laughs> because, like, if you fuck up, like, people will call you out on it. If you, um, you it's know... It's not just it, one. It's not just one, right. And, like, you know, y- you kind of have to be, like, always trying your best. Uh, if you're not trying your best, it's going to be super obvious to everyone, right? Yeah. So that's where the challenge is. It's, it's more that it's not so much that polyamory is any more difficult inherently than monogamy. It's just that the lights are turned on to you. The spotlight is on you, and yeah. you can't. That's if you're in like a good community. If you're in a community, yeah, and I, community. I think that's also really important to poly is that you get involved in a community so that you have people to talk to about this to be like hey is this normal hey is what we are is what we are doing normal because i think when polly gets into isolation that's another way it could go very bad like any cult <laughs> any, any cult nexium that's polly in a vacuum they didn't have anyone to be like hey so my spiritual leader uh, is having sex with is that good this is okay. Tiger King. Tiger King. Oh, yeah. That's not good Polly. <laughs> no, it's if not getting, good Polly. If you're getting married to, like, get access to meth, maybe, maybe don't. Yeah. So how would you suggest for people to start getting into a community if they're 
nervous for first starting out? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of groups out there. Um, there are, um, you know, there are munches. Um, if you're kinky and polyamorous, there are um, non-monogamy munches um, in San Francisco. Uh, and in, in every major city, like when I, back when I was in New York, I was involved in this group called Open Love New York, which had like 6,000 Facebook members. And they like hosted, yeah, they hosted um, events like every few weeks, uh, mingle events, you know, like at bars and stuff like that. And so just for people to get to know each other. Um, I personally, I love um, speed dating type events. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, and and I think there needs to be more of that. I, I I don't know why that's not as popular. I think in society as it should be, because we um, I think it's really important to kind of carve out uh, social spaces that are specific for cruising or you know hunting for partners, right? Because we all have this impulse to to do that. We need to find a place. We need to find uh other people who are open to being approached to being you know chatted up and 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 explore potential you know romantic or sexual partnerships but you know it's you can't you shouldn't do that right Right. on the side that's harassment do that at the workplace but we need to have designated places where you can do that and speed dating is the perfect format for that everyone who's going to speed dating is opting in right they're they're Mm -hmm. they're there because they're looking for something yeah and they not be you that they're looking for but they're looking for something and you know you just go and meet everybody with an open mind Mm -hmm. so um there are uh there is kinky speed dating uh that's a recurring event here in sf which i enjoy um back in new york there were some kind of speed dating like uh events for uh, polyamorous people i would encourage um like kind of polyamorous groups uh if you're listening to this and you're like you know, involved in the leadership of any kind of polyamorous groups to consider uh, hosting some kind of mingle or speed dating events for members of your community to, you know, mix and match. And I know you were talking about your dreams of and specifically AMWF speed dating. Yeah, AMXF. Yeah, like, I would like to get people who are interested in this to get together and host, you know, a mm-hmm. AMXF speed dating event. Yeah. For not so selfish reasons at all, right? No, totally not. <laughs> not for self- yeah, definitely not. No personal interest in that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and don't forget, bring your own personal card, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's key. That's very absolutely. Key. <laughs> that's how you got me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So how uh, we kind of like touched about this a little bit earlier, kind of, but kind of like jealousy given that there are multiple people involved how do you how do you deal with that and make sure it doesn't get out of hand um like i mean i've felt jealous maybe once or twice and i guess when that's happened i've been like hey babe i'm feeling a little jealous and then you've been like oh and you well that that sounds so callous (laughs) yeah it does yeah (laughs) too bad no um you you've like reassured me of, of like my place in your life and then i've just kind of like went and sat with it on my own i mean i think i'm very lucky in that i've never really felt jealous from you i i mean i think when when people talk about um jealousy uh it should really be disambiguated into two different um i think distinct uh, mm-hmm. uh emotions um one is envy 
Mm -hmm. um, which I have a lot of actually. This is like one of the mo the main thing that I like struggle with in in not just polyamory but just like in life is <laughs> envy. Yeah. Envy, which is related to FOMO, right? Like, yep. Envy is, hey, my partner is out having a lot of fun. I want to have a lot of fun too. Hey, my neighbor has a nice car. I want a nice car too. Everyone else is having doing going on vacation. I want to be on vacation too. It's like, right? I whatever nice things people are having, I wish I had that for myself. And so that's a very different, there's a very specific type, I think, of uh jealousy that does crop up quite a bit for me. And then there's another type which is more about like insecurity about being, you know, insufficient or being um fear of like losing your partner. Like that that's the kind of the more I think traditional type I think of jealousy. So too. Yes, yeah. When people say jealousy, I think the the definition, they are thinking more of the I'm possessive of my partner, like I I don't want to lose my partner, or oh, like that other person they're fucking is better than me. Like that's mm -hmm. that's a different type of uh jealousy. And so I think it's important to talk about which one it is so then we can identify um how to better reassure. Yeah. Right. And so um I will say that for me, yeah, FOMO and envy is the the biggest challenge that I have because I'm a I'm a greedy person. Like I want <laughs> I want all the fun experiences. If someone else is having fun, I want to be having fun too. Yeah. And so um that's really something that is um that's not something that I put on young Nicole. It's not young Nicole's responsibility to deal with like the very envy heavy uh, lens through which I approach the world. That's something between me and my therapist. And I'm just right. working on myself, right? Mm -hmm. Try to, how to be the most envious person, how to be yeah. happy with what I have, mm -hmm. how to be more grateful. And uh, yeah, so that's that's just work that I'm going to be doing by myself. But I think on the jealousy jealousy piece, the other type of jealousy where you may feel insufficient or uh, you know, insecure about something, um, that that's where the reassurance comes in, right? I think that yeah. can really right where it's like you know, Yama Cole tells me that I am good enough for you, for you, right? And I tell uh, you that you have a place in my life when I'm going to see someone who. Is more of a raver but you're not a raver right like so um you know i still value you and and can give you that kind of affirmation yeah that is that is really good mm -hmm. um how often do you meet other poly a amwf or even amxf couples we want to or, meet more relationships not enough the <laughs> server's been nice we love you guys. We want to meet more AMWF couples who are also yeah. poly and kinky. My brother's out there. Come come join me in this corner. It's nice. Come, please. But not actual brothers. My actual brothers. Right, 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 right. The, the, the other brothers. Yeah, yeah the, the metaphorical. Yes. The brothers from another mother. Exactly. Yeah. The young kings. Yeah. <laughs> the young kings. There were more. I wish there was more AMXF um, polyamorous uh, representation. It, these communities tend to be pretty white, so yeah. And I mean, even in general, with AMWF, what do we what do we have? We have the Good Place. Oh, like on TV yeah, representation. We have, we have Good Place. We have. Uh, uh, I'm I'm blanking here. Well, I don't really watch TV that much, so your guess is Yeah, The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, Good Place. Um, and I'm 
I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, but like in pop culture, we don't get enough. I mean, we're finally seeing some like more Asian representation in media, and that's been beautiful. Yeah, that's been really great to see. For sure. And now, and now, like it's not just like art film hoes like me <laughs> who, <laughs> after Tony Leung. Now it's the general Marvel love public. <laughs> Tony Leung out there doing God's doing work. Doing work. <laughs> God's work. Putting out putting out the word for how sexy Asian men are. Exactly. Sexy tops. <laughs> so that is so that's my curious question. Why is it that we don't often hear or see much uh or you don't see much poly AMWF or AMXF? AMXF. Wow. White supremacy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, I think a lot of the poly community is just white in general. True, it just it just skews white. So there's just there's few people of color generally, mm-hmm. uh, and then the you know the the lack of you know Asian men there plays into it, right? Yeah, also just like the representation of Asian men, like the way they've been portrayed in media, and like mm-hmm. just as not sexual beings. Right. Or, like, as attractive beings, anyway. Like, yeah. I mean, pop is kind of really breaking down a lot of divides, which is nice. Um, and I think, I think anime was also doing that back when I was a high schooler. Mm-hmm. But I, I always felt kind of weird about that because I didn't want to come off as a. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think representation is really is helping, and I'm seeing it like. The younger generation is is more down, but I think we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I think when there are Asian men who are um, struggling with like dating generally, right, then it can be intimidating for them to consider dating multiple people, right? Yeah, it's like, right. well, I do the one thing right. How am I going to do like four or five, right? Like, right. so it could be it could feel really intimidating to join uh, these communities, um, but. If anyone out there who's listening to this, and that if that sounds like you, um, what I would say to you is you might find it easier. You might find it because if you're out there looking for a monogamous relationship, right, and you're having trouble um, finding people who are, you know, attracted to you or are interested in dating you, um, and if you feel like you might be inclined to be polyamorous, um, give it a shot, right? Because people in the polyamorous scene tend to be very open-minded. They tend to be, you know, uh, very focused on racial justice, right? And so you might find a more receptive crowd for your aesthetic mm-hmm. and for what you bring to the table. Right. Don't be Because you did bring up a really good question, you know, is, or from before, is to really ask yourself, you know, maybe monogamy isn't for me, right? Mm-hmm. I really think that's a good question to ask yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Now, since you two have been in in the dynamic for a, a very long time, how does your family feel about you being Polly? They don't know. They don't know? And I mean, I'm going to tell them at some point. Right. Uh, I'm not, I, had, I don't have a planned time to do so yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to come up with some very just interesting look they're they're too waspy for that shit i think at one point i was driving in the car with my mom 
and she said something about like about about like no like no knowing i watch porn but being like i don't want to know i do not want to know now i know that's that is actually pretty common um because it is you know it is pretty hard to bring that up to your family right yeah. Um, why do you think it's so hard to bring it up to family members? Um, well, I think, you know, for for me specifically, mm-hmm. um, I'm not very close with uh, my family in terms of how they how much they know about how much I operate, about what I how I operate, right? Um, it, you know, we just don't have that much of an, uh, an emotionally intimate and like vulnerable relationship right where where we can talk about that kind of thing from a place of like understanding and um you know i i know that both of my parents are you know they, they are liberal minded um by mainland chinese standards you know they're from uh they're both from mainland china um but uh they are they do have relatively traditional um views on gender and uh relationships uh like my dad like gave me a few like sort of homophobic comments on my nails when i got them painted right they were like oh people think you're gay and i was like good like (laughs) okay um so uh yeah, so you know, it it, it I, I think it would be a challenge to kind of like explain to them this like whole other worldview, this whole other way of like looking at relationships. It would be it it in my mind, it just feels like it's like it's gonna be a lot of work. Um, I'm willing to do it, and then when when I you know cross that bridge when I get there, when it's necessary, right? When it's like someone else is in my life in in a very you know integrated degree, and there's no way I can't like. Go, go around like not explaining this it's gonna like be weird if i don't like try to explain it and then at that point i will have to explain it right and and so yeah there might come come to a point where uh, i don't have a choice but to uh come out to my parents about it and um i will try to find a way to talk to them about it in a way that makes sense um but i think yeah i just don't even at this point i don't even know what kind of language and i don't mean like mandarin or english i don't even know what kind of lexicon or metaphor or even um the framework to try to explain it to them yeah it'll be tricky and you the more you try to explain to them the more confused they're gonna get right right and the worst is like i don't want to be in a position where i try so hard to explain and then they understand me even less right Mm -hmm. you know if i'm gonna be putting my my part out there and be vulnerable at least you know inch towards a better understanding you don't want to try so hard and get so far but in the end it doesn't even matter (laughs) (laughs) yep i was like that sounds so familiar (laughs) start with one thing you know i don't know why it doesn't really matter how hard you try Busting out the lyrics. All right. Yeah, that's my karaoke song. <laughs> oh, that's good. What about you? Like, is your are your parents just way too waspy to understand this stuff? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm in the same boat as you. I yeah. don't know how I'm. They can't even take fart jokes. So no. What? Not... If you can't take fart jokes, I don't know where you're gonna go in life. Come on. Dad, in the bathroom, um, so we couldn't hear what he was doing. 
um, we weren't allowed to, it just wasn't something we talked about or did. It was just, just polite <laughs> silence. He, you've seen my family. Yes. <laughs> we can't do it. So you two ha so you two so they definitely know that you two are dating though, right? Oh yeah, they yeah. they love us. Yeah. My family loves him. Your Lalo is <laughs> me, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What do you think their their expression is going to be if you break the news to them about it? Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, but hold on, you're but Annie knows, right? Yeah, Annie, my little sister knows, but she's like, you guys and your weird sex stuff. Yeah, I think my brothers know, so that's the thing, right? Like, I, the, the people in my generation, like, I, my brothers know about my life. They know I'm kinky, they know I'm poly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I'm going to explain to my parents, but, like, my brothers are, like, all very yeah. accepting. Yeah, like, my cousin and my sister know, but I'm, yeah. I don't know. If, yeah. Uh, my aunt's a nice Christian woman. One time, I tried to make a joke about how we can't make fart jokes. It's like a meta joke, and I, I started making that joke, and she shut me down. She's like, that's enough of she that. Sh shut you down? Wow. Yeah, she saw where I was going with that, and she <laughs> nipped it at the butt. Wow. Does yeah. anything get her to laugh? Man. Oh, plenty of other things. It's just my family just does not do that kind of humor. He'll like just troll me by not getting out of the bathroom when I need to do that, and just taking as long as he can. <laughs> Sweet time. Apparently, this is a lost thing. They can't talk about bathroom stuff. <laughs> it's wrong, right? Hmm. Well, I you know I don't know how long I'm going to be staying in California. I'm like hoping to give it like, you know more of a shot now that things are opening up and the pandemic is seems to be getting better um i'm learning how to drive so i'm hoping to yeah because you didn't need to drive in new york nope that no, literally did not have a license i i took a driving test once and i failed um <laughs> because i hit the curb while parallel parking it's an automatic fail in new york Ooh. it's a real harsh um and uh yeah I would like to stay here a bit longer. Uh, you know, we have a great setup here and continue living with uh, young Nicole. Uh, and then at some unspecified time in the future, I might move back to New York. We might, I know you want to live, you might want to live in LA, um, but New York is my home. And, and, and also we would be down to settle back down in New York at some point. And we definitely also want to, get married at some point and yeah um yeah we're we're in this for life like sure yeah congratulations like, i like it yeah. yeah yeah thank you but the the specifics have not been worked out yet just because there's like so much volatility right oh, now for sure. yeah yeah shit's crazy um <laughs> uh, yeah i mean basically what he said um like just you know keep my career's going pretty good right now keep moving up in that um stay with him we're you know wherever we land yeah i'm still trying to figure out what i'm doing with my life you know how long i'm gonna be staying at my current job whether i want to keep doing startup stuff uh, right. at some point in the future i do have a dream of becoming a high school history teacher so okay 
That's yeah. why you have all that stuff in the back, right? All these maps, and I collect antique antique papers. Yeah, that's really cool. Good luck. I hope you get it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, perfect. That's all I currently got. Was there anything else that you two would like to add into regarding Polly or anything else? I can't think of anything in you. Um, you know, I think when I was when I was much younger, when I was much younger, when I was in like my early twenties, and I was like out of college, right? I was like dating polyamorously. Uh, I I don't know why, but I used to be like a little shy about it, right? Like I used to be. It wasn't like front and center of you know, my dating profiles, it wasn't like, I it, I didn't, I just didn't put it as a very um, prominent thing. It was a kind of like, I made myself look like I was just available. And then they would find out that I was polyamorous, like on the first date or something. And um, I'm glad that I no longer do that. <laughs> I'm glad that I, you know, I, there's, I, I, I'm just putting it out there from the get go. It is bolded on my that life on my okay cupid on my tinder it's just like it's very clear who i am what i'm about and it's actually made it much easier to find find people um who are compatible because then i'm just not wasting time yeah with who might not be a good match i don't want to be like chatting up someone who you know thought i was cute but like actually wanted a monogamish relationship and i'm like already partnered like mm-hmm. you know you just don't want yeah. to have to go through that um, so I think, I guess the general advice I would have for people is if you are sure that this is something you want to try doing, or if you are already in a relationship and you want to date outside of that relationship, I would encourage you to be very honest and upfront about it and all your profiles and all of your approaches and all of your initial conversations with anyone. And that way you're not wasting your time and you are really only uh, spending your time dealing only, it might feel scary, right? Because you're like eliminating a lot of people. Right. But there, there are those people that aren't going to work out with you anyway. So you really narrow it down to just those that are compatible with you. And that is, it's so good. It's right. It's, it's been life changing. And then again, personal cards. And personal. I love it. I love it. I'm, I myself, I might go do it myself as well. Put your like, number on yeah. there, put your email. Can you make it like have like a three D thing so you like move it back and forth? <laughs> back and forth like they're wiggling nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a almost like a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, anything from you, young Nicole? Um, I think when Polly's bad, it's bad. It's like really, really bad. But when it's good, it's amazing. And I think like. We're just so gross. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> just through the pandemic, it's been like, hello, muffin. Hello. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a great. That's great. That's a great relationship right there. All right. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but again, thanks again, Snowflake and Young Nicole, for joining me on this podcast. Hey, everyone, have a good day. Bye. Bye.